You're listening to the Sports Scramble Podcast, where four friends serve up a weekly plate of sports with a side of SEC bias. Now, here are your hosts, Chet, Jacob, Wade, and Tyler. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Sports Scramble Podcast. We've got the whole crew tonight. Jacob has come back. He he said he was he was uh, vetoing the the podcast during March Madness, and now that LSU has won the national championship, he has to come back since his Penn State Nittany Lions didn't do anything. Welcome back, Jacob. I heard he was holding out for a new contract. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's in I the works. We didn't give it to him. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're working on that. That's in the that. works. We're cutting them. Yeah. Okay. Now he, he's uh, been busy coaching the youth of tomorrow, or I guess the adults of tomorrow. They're the youth of today <laughs> in high school golf. So it's good yeah, to so. give you good to have you back on during Masters Week. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, I'm happy to be back. Talk some golf, uh, a little bit of basketball. I know that I've lost money in this basketball scheme, so I've kind of uh, disappeared into the dark as far as uh, that's concerned. But yeah. Um, Good to be back. It's been too long. January seventeenth is the last episode this man's been on. Yeah, thank you. I just wanted to. I just wanted to clarify to our viewers who, if you've been asking how long it's been, he's like, "Let the record show." Put it on the table. (laughs) We need to start seeing some pay stubs to verify that you have been working (laughs) during show hours. Yeah. No, this is about to not cut it. Uh, Home Depot, we need some discounts. I need a new lawnmower. Sling them towards me, Jacob. We need, yeah. we need, we need, some, we need some stuff. But he's back, and in Jacob fashion, just in time for the whack part two. In two weeks, down in Baton Rouge at the Baton Rouge Country Club, Wade's going to get us into the oh, country yeah. club. Okay, it's not going to be the country club. We ain't, we ain't big time yet. You but, mean uh, yeah. wreck. Country yes, the B wreck? Yes, the B wreck. Um, we're going to make a weekend out of it, catch a LSU game, play some golf. I, if Tyler doesn't have to go to the Pelicans game on Friday for work, uh, he will join Jacob and I in playing our first round of golf. And while Wade's doing his job, got to pay the bills, then we'll go, <laughs> we'll go to uh, the, the uh, what's it called? The swing suites. Golf suite. like yeah, dad's going to be working while his we'll kids hit, are hit out Hit the whack on golf. Saturday. Exactly. I might be able to pull something off. I've I've entered negotiations with my boss, but uh, can't tell him it's the whack, man. It's the whack. You can't you, you can't work during the whack. It's like working during the Masters. So, uh, <laughs> but of course, you can see behind in Wade's virtual background our first topic of tonight's show: the LSU women's basketball team are national champions of the 2022-2023 season. Angel Reese says, "Ring me." Wade's got a ring now. Big wedding guy. Okay. He's got a ring. He can show off. Angel and LSU women's team uh, dominated Iowa, 102 to yep. What was it 85? 85. Tyler. Yes. They uh, most points scored in a national championship. I think it was. Most points scored by LSU all season. We might have put up 104 at the beginning of the season against a small school. Uh, I can't remember. But, I mean, they just came out firing. Jasmine Carson, 21 first-half points. She hit uh, seven straight threes, seven for seven. Said, give me a heat check right before halftime. I'll pull up from anywhere. Boom, buzzer beater. Another three. Steph Curry range. Caitlin Clark was trying to keep up. I mean, she had 30. She did her job. 
but uh, the rest of the team let her down. A lot of fouls in that game, which I want to get into about how awful the officiating was. But, uh, Tyler, I'll let you take it away. LSU women's national Yeah, I mean, what a season it was. You know, everybody was saying, oh, this is a cupcake schedule and everything. Like, And they gave us a three seed to begin with. You know, we had uh, two losses. And, you know, I go back to that UConn beat writer that was talking about, you know, LSU being ranked ahead of UConn for the first time in a while. And he said, like, oh, yeah, yeah, that LSU. Well, yeah, that LSU just won the whole damn thing. So everybody shut up. LSU is on top of the mountaintop, and it's only year two of the Kim Mulkey era. So I think no one really put a timeline. The Kim yeah, Mulkey put a timeline on this. I mean, if you go back all the way to her press conference, she really called her shot. She like was looking up Final Four, Final Four, Final Four. This is what I came here to do is hang a national championship banner, and that's what the PMAC is doing. Not only I think that it's only going to put a national championship banner up, but maybe this is going to speed up the process of the PMAC finally getting renovated because it's in need of some renovation, not only on the outside, but on the inside. Uh, But yeah, if you want to go into the refs, uh, yeah, that was an absolute, uh, really a dumpster fire of a start for these refs. I feel like every foul call, like you could just sneeze on the person and they would call a foul. Uh, That Caitlin Clark technical foul was not even close to being a technical foul. She literally just threw the ball out. It wasn't even like she like hit somebody with it. She just like put it. I had to laugh. She just like threw it out of I bounds. So, so I mean, in that big of a game, like in the end, it didn't really matter. Like those two points wouldn't really meant anything since it was a seventeen point win. Uh, but got to give credit to LSU. I mean, the whole entire tournament, they struggle with their three point shots, and they have like their best game. Uh, I know that she mentioned they scored one hundred two. It, they score like 106, but that was against a nobody in, in their season opener. And to do it against an Iowa team, especially with a player like Caitlin Clark, she's the Steph Curry of women's basketball. Uh, so got to give credit uh, to Alexis Morris. Got to give credit to Jasmine Carson, the bench scoring. You know, while Angel Reese was on the bench, while Alexis Morris was on the bench with two fouls, your really key players off the bench stepped up. And also got to give credit to Ladasia Williams. I feel like that's a player that wasn't really talked about in the tournament, and she was the MVP of the squad. Oh, definitely. I had my lovely wife watching the game with me, who doesn't watch basketball, and she saw one of them get fouled and said, that's a foul? I said, no, it's not a foul, but this is <laughs> uh, this is women's basketball. This is a problem. Uh, I mean, they like you said. They have been doing that all tournament, though. Like, why did they decide to – Ramp it up for the the championship game, you know. I don't know, man. They had like the C team out there. It was. I, I rough. think. I think the reason they ramped it up was because of the issues during the South Carolina game um, against Iowa. You know, it was very physical. I mean, it was too physical, and I think there was a lot of complaints about uh, the lack of. I mean, the no calls in that game, and it was a little bit too physical for their everybody's liking. Um, but, like, going back to that game, I think that really set the – like, it really scripted everything out for how the national championship game was going to be played. I mean, Iowa had to fight tooth and nail against a really good South Carolina team all year long, hadn't lost a game. South Carolina gets to the end, and – and it was a situation where they fell into foul trouble, just as Iowa did in the national championship game. And you had 18 points from South Carolina's one starter. That's the only person that scored out of the starters was 18 points from one guard. And 
you went in the half with foul trouble and and that was you had bench scoring, but it wasn't enough to to hold on. I mean, bench people aren't playing extensive minutes on the court, so you're not going to change your five and just say, well, yeah, five off the bench are going to go in and I'm going to sit down. You know, the uh, player of the year on the bench. Um, but no, that's I mean, what it I, led to in the I, national championship. You had yeah. Caitlin Clark sit in the bench for like the yeah. half the third quarter. I mean, um, and I you was, got Angel I Reese was, sitting in the entire second quarter. I mean, I was a good team and I really fought all year long. I mean, they're a gritty team. They're not big. I mean, by any means, they're a lot smaller than LSU. Uh, but they're just physical. They play downhill. And I thought this is where they met their match. This definitely was uh, the battle of two quick teams. And I know, you know that's how LSU you know, was good all year long was they played quick. I mean, it wasn't half-court basketball. It was full-court basketball, and both of these teams do that. Uh, and it was just who was going to run out of gas first. I mean, 102 points is crazy in college basketball. Uh, but from a women's team against uh, a Big Ten team in a Big Ten conference, it's supposed to be you know, really surrounded by defense. They definitely ran over them. So I, I think Iowa will probably be back next year. Uh, I probably have them in the Final Four again for next season and um lsu is going to bring back a lot and uh, it's going to be a lot to handle for for people and i don't think lsu is going to going to lose uh many games next year i I see them they could lose two games again but i and and the tyler's point tyler was talking about how you know lsu slipped to a three seed with only two losses um i think it really doesn't matter in, in that sense, I mean, so many people are worried about the one seed and the two seed. Well, guys, men's and women's basketball, they don't matter. I mean, one seeds, there isn't a single one seed playing in the men's final four this year. I really just non-existent. I mean, you have a, a four seed and a five you got seed. Yeah, four to five national, playing in yeah, the national championship. for the national championship. You had a two and a three in the women's. I think. Yeah, the seeding you know, doesn't matter once yeah, you get into March. Yep. LSU, you got to win six in a row. Exactly. LSU that's won, all that, that's won all the deal. LSU won the deal playing the regional at their own state, like at their home court. That, that that's matters. all that that matters as yeah. far as I, I mean, for the men's side. The, and the really, the teams, I think that LSU matter, got the best draw the of all of the like, all the teams. Yeah, the the women's side it matters because they get home court advantage. That's yeah. huge in the that's, postseason. That's my only thing that I don't like from the men's to the women's is let's have it all the same. Like, folks, there's so many different basketball courts and so many different places they could play. They, I think the women need to play at neutral sites too, no matter their, you know, how It's got to be the same on each side. It's got to be gotta the same. we got to get equality, Jake. It'll be quality. That's what we've been fighting for this whole I would time. be in favor of moving it to neutral sites for the men's, yeah. though. Or, I mean, to campus sites for the men's games. I mean... Yeah, I mean, you either go I mean, one campus way or the other. automatic first and second rounds for both the men's and women's. Yeah. Maybe like regionals for baseball, you know? But yeah, and it's, that, I mean, that's what college, that with college basketball college football. With college football. Yeah, college football. Yeah, that's what that's moving towards. I mean, well, we're moving away from college, like camaraderie and spirit and all with, you know, some of this NIL and transfer portal business, which is, which is good for the sport. I mean, there was a lot of transfer mm-hmm. players on the court yesterday, but – bringing some of that back to the campus, really reminding everybody, hey, this just isn't March Madness. It's the college basketball championship. I think that 
that could be a really good point to be had is to let's bring this back. And yeah, now it really matters that you're a top two seed or three seed, whatever the, I don't know, maybe four is the, the cut line. I don't know how the, the math would work out there, but yeah, playing well enough to, to host the opening weekend could be huge because some teams get a rough draw, you know, they're from the South and they get sent out to Portland or Seattle or Boston and playing two ranked basketball games in one weekend against a conference champion. That's how upsets happen. Yeah. That's my only gripe. Like with the way the regions are split up. Yeah, sure. You've got your North Southeast one whoop-de-doo, but at the same time, it makes no sense putting a team like UConn in the Midwest or in the West. Oh, they might as well just call them you one, know, two, three, and, and four. And that's, yeah, yeah, that's a problem with me. I, I just feel like there needs to be, because they'll say, oh, well, there's a lot of good teams in the South, and we can't have that many good teams playing in the South because then it looks bad and it's not even with all our other regions. And my only issue is, like, folks, somebody has to roll out the map sitting at the at the table there and say, look, this is how far these teams need to go. Like they don't need to be going across the country and spending extensive times, like expensive time out there. I, I just think that UConn is playing fantastic basketball, like no matter where they are. I, I don't think they've been home in forever. And they just, I mean, they're just rolling. And I think when you get teams on the road like that, sure. Uh, but uh, like closing out, like I think with the, with the home thing, teams playing at home like i would be in favor of teams hosting for the round of 64 and the round of 32 i don't think anything matter like i, I think you play neutral sites yeah uh, the whole first at the sweet 16 yeah you know I, I think that's when it matters when you start playing neutral sites because uh, other than that it just gets crazy confusing and i just think you have too many teams at one place and it just it's kind of all over the place no i agree with that on the the once you get past the first two rounds. I will say next year, LSU better be playing on Kim Mulkey court. No no disrespect to Sue Gunther or Dale Brown, but she just won a national championship in year two. There's been a whole lot of, of back and forth on uh you know, what do we name the court? It was gonna be Dale Brown court and then it was gonna now Dale Brown and Sue Gunther court. They were gonna like redo everything. The governor got involved. It was a whole big deal. At this point, you might as well go ahead and rename it a third time. Just call it Kim Mulkey Court. Uh, she's still They're coaching there. They're not going to do that while she's yeah, there. I would, I would call it. I wouldn't name it. I'd say, you know what? We're going to hold off on the naming. Tiger <laughs> Arena. <laughs> That's what it's going to be. Yeah. We're just going to call it the Coach's Court at this point. But I think they hold off on the naming. Uh, maybe call it Dale Brown and Kim Mulkey Court. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sue, but Kim Mulkey won the first national championship in women's and men's history. I think she's the one that probably deserves the court to be named after. Uh, yeah, I don't know I what mean, y'all's thoughts are on that. Being but. ranked the third, you know, third in uh, women's basketball national championships is is crazy. You know, mm-hmm. coming second from where coach she, ever to do it yeah. at two different schools. Yeah, I mean, coming from where she did, I, I think it's it says a lot about um, you know her personal experiences, and I think that's what she brought to the table at LSU. I, I think it was her personal journey and you know she recruited well enough to say look these kids are gonna fight till the end and uh you know they're gonna do everything they can because they're they're a gritty team like i I think like 
not not to be like biased but i they remind me like looking at them like the women's college basketball version of like the memphis grizzlies where they don't care about <laughs> anybody who gets in their way and they'll just run them well, over. Hopefully, I, I, hopefully I they just, ain't gonna be in the club like Jai is after this, and end up know, being yeah. under, like I'm sitting there like, whoa! Therapy. There were some moments. Angel where I was just making like, it rain in the yeah, club after. They did not was, care. I'll tell you that. I no, was very uh, surprised that the whistle stayed in the pocket uh, some of the time there. I thought for sure at the end there was gonna be a tech like in that background yeah. for a wait. I thought that was going to, I was waiting for the whistle. It should have been, but it wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. And it was I only like 20. That's my thing is game. like, you can call it classless. You can say whatever you want, but there's people on Twitter that legitimately think that the refs called more fouls on Iowa, which is not true. It was 18 and 18. And then two, they think that if Angel Reese for this moment right here would have gotten called for a technical foul, it would have changed the outcome of the game. It was a 17-point game. You want Caitlin Clark to go shoot her two free throws and get the ball and make it a 13-point game? Sure, be my guest. We would still win and put up 100 yeah. on you. There was like 20 seconds left in the game. I mean, they were walking off the court when she did it. That's how bad they were beating her. Yeah, that whole situation is a joke. And then you got, oh, we're going to get into it. I didn't know if I was going to get into it. We got the first lady was there. Great to see the support for the women's game. The women's game, it had at one point 12.9 million viewers. It had like 9 million uh, like steady viewers the whole time. Awesome to see the sport grow like that. But, but you got to get up there. The history is the national champion is invited to the White House. And a report comes out about an hour ago that she has invited Iowa to the, to the White House as well. Like, what? What are we, just handing out participation trophies? And the Philadelphia Phillies. They should get to go. They were yeah. up. <laughs> I mean, you didn't see the Boston Celtics up there with the with the Warriors last year at the end of the finals. I mean, it's that's ridiculous. Angel Reese thinks it's ridiculous. She just tweeted out, it's a total joke. Um, so I'm sure she's going to get hate for that. I mean, her her Twitter following, I think, has quadrupled since the game last night. And eh, she's had over It's only a matter of time before that tradition ends. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, I, and then you—you you know, a couple of years ago, you had you had teams refusing to go. If I'm Iowa, I don't accept. I mean, I say I graciously decline the invitation because that's just a joke. Like, yeah, see you next get, year when we win it. You know, that's what they need to say. Exactly. I mean, over the last four days, Angel Reese has had five hundred, and this was from yesterday. Angel Reese has had five hundred thousand mentions and three point eight four billion with a B billion impressions on twitter like that is insane i mean her nil stock just went like through the roof she's getting some eyelash deals she already said i mean nike's probably gonna sign her get gordon's gonna have to throw her a bag way bigger than what any football player did. <laughs> it's gonna be like 25 <laughs> billboards on my commute to work <laughs> yeah i'm gonna see angel reese blocked in texas over here like he's gonna have billboards everywhere it's gonna be insane but all right, I had to get a little random. We all did for for the White House stuff. Let's get it. Let's get into the dog of the week. Uh, let me hit the intro. Who got that dog in them? Uh, this week is brought to you by our good friends over at Mahler Bros Golf. Much you haven't heard about them yet because you've been in my A for a while. Unless you've been listening, <laughs> I've been listening. I have been in my A. So we all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. You look good, you feel good, right? I mean, 
With the lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you'll feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, just he's just like calling me out here. I could look good all I want, but it's up to me to golf better. I got to remember that. No excuses. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo you'd rather wear than Mahler Bros Golf's signature polos. They have a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design, like Futch, or others for those who want a subtle and sleek-looking design, like your boy Freddie down there. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience so much better. Use code BELLYUP, that's all caps, one word, at Mahler Bros, M-A-H-L-E-R-B-R-O-S. Golly, I just totally butchered that. I'm going to spell it one more time for everybody. Code BELLYUP, all caps, one word, B-E-L-L-Y-U-P, at MahlerBros.com, M-A-H-L-E-R-B-R-O-S.com for 15% off your order. So, I mean, we got I got a Mahler Bros polo coming in. Um, maybe it'll come in in time for the whack. I don't know yet. But if you want to you wanna look good, you want to feel good, when you feel good, you play good, you head on over to MahlerBros.com, use code BELLYUP for 15% off. So thank you, Mahler Bros, for bringing us. Who got that dog? All right, I'm going to go on the hardwood, and no, it's not going to be an LSU player. It's going to be Brandon Kingram. This man has been going off when the time is needed for the Pelicans, fighting not only for a possible playing spot, uh, but they're only a half game back uh, of the five uh, in the sixth seed uh, in the Clippers and the Warriors. Uh, One of his games last week, he had a triple-double. Uh, the last game that he had, he continued his 30-point stretch. So, Brandon Xavier Ingram got that dog in him. Brandon Ingram, he came back when we needed him. Maybe we get Zion healthy. The Pelicans are going to be a problem in the playoffs. But you get to go last, or you get to go third, because I know you, I see your brain working trying to figure it out. Wade, who you got? All right, I'm going to go with a little different angle here. I'm going to go with Aaron Judge, last year's home run. King, uh, he set the record, of course, and uh, you know there's all these creative bets on hey, who's going to get the first home run of the 2023 season? Well, Mr. Judge had the benefit of playing in the second game of opening day against the Giants, I believe, and wasted no time against the team that allegedly had him signed to a lucrative contract, and he smacked the like third pitch he saw of the season, 450 feet. And he had a very nice weekend, hit another home run, and ended up hitting 462 on the weekend. So I thought that was just an emphatic statement, you know, that he's still the king and that the Giants should have written an extra zero on that check. I saw a tweet that said Aaron Judge is on pace to hit 182 home runs this season after he hit the first one in the first game. And he could do it. (laughs) Hey, you just got to hit one home run a game. Easy as it sounds. Futch, who's your dog of the week? And before I get to my dog of the week, and they're still not going to make the World Series. Um, I'm going to move to the their... Yankees fans. Yeah, of course I'm going to call it the Yankees fan because I'm a Red Sox fan. And my dog of the week comes from him. the Red Sox. Yeah, let's go. Oh, it's got that dog in him. Yeah, I'm going to go with Adam Duvall, uh, the new Red Sox. With two Duvall. home runs and a four-hit game for the Red Sox. And their comeback, hit the walk-off homer. Uh, into the monster uh, for them to beat the Baltimore Orioles. The Orioles are a good team this year. I, I was really surprised at how well they had, uh, they had a great opening weekend. So I think that they will definitely be a factor in the AL East, uh, but a great showing uh, 
for Adam Duvall in his, his first uh, stint here with the Red Sox. I, I think, uh, yeah, I think the Red Sox, they need the offense. That's what they've needed the most. I mean, you, you basically got rid of your all-star shortstop. Xander Bogarts, uh, who signed a contract with the Padres. And so you're missing a lot of key pieces that you did once have. So I think uh, offense is name of the game, and that was instant plug and play there. Definitely. My dog of the week, she was a big factor in LSU's win over Iowa. Don't be it's obvious. Not, it's, it's not who you think it is. It's Jasmine Carson, averaging eight points a game during the season. Comes in, she's got half the team in foul trouble. Kim Olke says, Jasmine, I need you to go out there and make, make some shots. What does she do? She hits seven three-pointers in a row in the biggest game of her life. She's a fifth-year senior, last game in the Tigers uniform. And she comes out and just puts on a clinic. I think she finished eight of nine from three-point range, shot like 86%. It was insane. I just, I mean, that's, that's we said last week, Caitlin Clark had that dog in her. I mean, because of what she did, she put her team on the back. It's exactly what Jasmine Carson did last night. Dog of the week. She's got a dog in her. That's my pick. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna jump into some baseball. It's gonna be LSU baseball, like we told Futch before the show started. Uh, we've turned into an LSU podcast. He, I gotta come off. save this podcast. He's this, this is ridiculous. This is what's I have to about save his, this podcast. Bring it back to reality. You're the only thing holding us away, Jacob. Well, Jeez. we can talk about Penn State baseball if you got some headlines. No, let's not talk about Penn State baseball. Pen, because they almost won the Big Ten last year. Let's, oh, they let's do not have a baseball, baseball. baseball. So, so yeah, I, I, no. Let's get into it. LSU uh, had Tennessee visit Tiger Town this weekend. Game one of the series Thursday was just an all-out knockout, drag-out fight up until like the eighth inning. Um, LSU wins the first two off big game from Jordan Thompson in game one and some help from Gavin Dugas. Uh, Paul Skeens, I mean, him and Dylan Cruz are fighting back and forth for the number one pick. I don't know who you take at this point. Uh, and then you got uh, game three, we let our foots off the gas and Tennessee got away with one. They beat us like fourteen to seven. It was a bad, bad showing. They uh, got we'll get away to with one. They killed yeah. you. <laughs> like, they well, get away with one. Jesus. You got you got Thatcher Hurd coming in Sunday. Who's been? They've been trying to make it to the Sunday guy, and man, uh, he should not be pitching on Sunday. Let's, let's put it that way. He's pitching tomorrow night against Nichols State. Sorry, he Tyler. Needs to go to your boys confession on Sundays. Yeah, he's uh, gonna do slow pitch softball Sundays. <laughs> yeah, because he let up. 10 in the first or six in the first inning gets pulled halfway through. Riley Cooper comes in, inherits a bases loaded situation uh, with no outs. They ended up scoring 10 after two innings. Um, then LSU kind of settled them down. But that that's uh, just a bad, that's just a bad coaching. Like it's that, uh, that's just poor like management as far as that goes. That's terrible. I mean, what do you do though? You throw a guy out there and he just can't get an out but it's a a baseball oddity it's actually better for him and his stat line that he did not record an out because it doesn't factor into a season era because they literally damn about his era like like well we already what if the scout's lazy and doesn't look at it doesn't look at his game that's true true. we did win the series so three ten runs it would have been nice to uh to to sweep tennessee just because I mean, Futch is a Tennessee fan, but 
I don't know about that. You grew up in Tennessee. But it would have been nice to sweep them because I think out of all the baseball teams, there's not one that I hate more than the Tennessee Volunteers. Um, Tony Vitello is uh, he's a guy. Usually Uh, you hate Ole Miss. Yeah, I know. But Tennessee, eh, not 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 a fan of them this year. But they got, uh, you know, they got two out of three. Look good. Defense look good. Pitching Paul Skeens behind Wade. We'll see him a couple weeks. We got tickets to the Thursday night game. Yeah, in two weeks we'll see him. Uh, that's why I, I'm flying in for the Thursday night game because I want to watch Paul Skeens pitch. Uh, that is a a top five guaranteed pick for sure. You put that on the uh, request form at work? Yeah, I said, uh, look, guys, I got to take off uh, it's Paul, Paul Skeens day. Uh, I need to take the jet. and Yeah, it's Paul Skeens day. It's a national holiday. Uh, but LSU travels to South Carolina this weekend. They dropped a spot. They're number six. Yeah, Tyler I mean, South Carolina match. coming off the gates, uh, firing. Uh, coming off of this last series, uh, they uh, were a little bit in a pickle uh, with Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State get, did get the win on, on game two uh, on Friday night. That was their first SEC win. They had an 18-game losing streak uh, in the SEC uh, program. That's just had so many question marks, uh, like Ole Miss as well. But Ole Miss uh, was able to get a couple of wins uh, in College Station this past weekend. Uh, but South Carolina is a team that's got a really good offense, uh, but I think that their pitching is a little suspect. I think that, you know, I mean, this is going to be a team that's going to answer a lot of questions. I feel like compare their start of their SEC stretch, the LSU stretch is not even close uh, to the amount of competition uh, that South Carolina has played. But it is at home. Uh, it's in their ballpark. Uh, so uh, LSU is going to have to bring their their pitch in an A game because I feel like, uh, all, you know, outside the Skeens game, uh, you know, the, the Friday and Saturday game uh, could be, you know, first to 10 runs wins. Well, Futch, you got to do your research for next week. You got to go watch all the LSU games from the pre- for the previous couple weeks. So you're, you're good to go. Or at least watch us play Nichols tomorrow so you know well, who's going to be another one of the songs. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna get in the dark and I'm just gonna sit there and just roll the tape and just yeah, just watch. just start watching tape. Uh, but I'm gonna know everybody's. What's that? I'm gonna know everybody's pitches. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> gonna know what's go. Watch everything. All you gotta know is Paul Skeen throws 102 miles an hour for in the ninth game. inning. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, wait, we talked about that Sunday roll moving forward. Uh, I don't think it's gonna be Thatcher Hurd out there again. I think you've got him on a tight leash. He's throwing Tuesday against Nichols. We'll see how he does. Who's someone you'd like to see pitch Sunday? Uh, honestly, I like the guy who came in in the first inning for him, Riley Cooper. I thought besides his first you know, few batters where I think he wasn't ready to come in the game, um, was maybe a little bit rattled that, hey, why am I pitching in the first inning? Um, I think he settled in and gave us some good innings. Uh, I don't think that LSU needed to really worry about the bullpen too much in a, you know, a Saturday game with a few extra days of rest. I think had the score been closer, the coaching staff would have played it, you know, a little bit more competitively. They weren't just leaving a guy in there to eat innings, but I think Riley Cooper can be that guy. Um, But I have a feeling that we're going to get to see Chase and Shores again because he really didn't look bad. His first time around in the rotation against Texas A&M, he just couldn't, didn't really have the uh, endurance, I feel like, to get through the lineup three times, which is something you definitely need to be able to do as the season goes along. But um, 
the only way he can do that is if you give him a chance. So I, I think that it might be one of those two guys. Yeah, I'd like to see the tall man from Midland chasing Shores himself. He is a freshman, but he showed some pretty good stuff uh, in the few few Sunday or now Saturday games that he started. So yeah, we'll I think Tyler that uh, another guy on. that I liked uh, this weekend seeing was a fre- another freshman, uh, Griffin Herring, coming out of the bullpen. I think that's going to be uh, another guy that not only could be a really good, uh, you know, obviously you you want Christian Little to figure stuff out uh, to get more depth. Uh, in the bullpen. Uh, but I think that there's, you know, a, it's one thing to not have the pitchers. Like LSU has the pitchers right now. They just have to find the exact places to put them. I think that they have Friday rolled. I mean, Paul Skeens, like it's going to be tough for any team who you face uh, to beat them on any given day. Ty Floyd has a little bit shaky, uh, but after he's gotten, you know, through that shaky parts, you know, in the first inning, in the second inning, the Tennessee game, I feel like he gave up like three home runs in the first uh, three innings of the game. Yeah, he was serving up meatballs. Yeah, but other than that, plate. I mean, I that's, feel like that's for sure. outside of that, you heard that's pretty much like your only thing. I think that you're like, you don't really have a set closer. Like, is it Garrett Edwards? Is it going to be Griffin Herring? And then you also have your middle of relief guys. You know, Chase Shores has come in. He can be a long relief guy. Christian Little. And then also uh, Garrett Edwards has also been solid coming out of the bullpen as well. So, and then pair that with the offense. I think uh, LSU is really on a, a good stretch. And, and, you know, the schedule doesn't get any easier. You have two top teams uh, to deal with next. You have number six, South Carolina, number 10, Kentucky, both uh, Thursday through Saturday series. So that's what the SEC is. It's a gauntlet. Fudge, you're about to see a top 10 matchup in Alex Box Stadium. You might not be able to come home because I think your girlfriend's <laughs> going to be too jealous that you, you didn't bring her. This, this is going to be a uh, – I don't know much about Kentucky, but they've been Kentucky's playing good. Kentucky's uh, sweat yeah. Missouri. It's going to be – yeah, it's going to be, be a good game. Futch, what's your uh, Penn State baseball take? What How how are the Nittany Lions looking so far? You know, that's a fantastic question um, <laughs> that I really don't know the answer Google. to. Google. But, you know, well, I, I think um, – my cousin played for Penn State back in the day. Really? Really? Yeah. Now I have you've Pennsylvania roots, man. Dude, now you're Was scared. he at your wedding? No, he's ah. a distant cousin. He's like my dad's cousin. He played for Penn State and then he got drafted by the Texas Rangers, I believe, and never made it past uh double A, but he he played in Japan after that for a little bit and um now that I think about it, it'd be a good interview if I could ever get in contact with him. Yeah, well, you know, I got a cousin that's pretty famous too. His name's Dougie Thompson, and he won a World Series for LSU back oh, there in '97. Uh, that could be a. <laughs> what they are have fourteen and ten, but only uh, one in five in the conference. Oh, but you gotta get your boys boys rolling. Yeah, I mean. They won a game against Indiana. Indiana's a little better team. Oh my um, gosh, twenty-two to eleven in the series finale on Sunday. Yeah, that so, was the first conference win. No, they lost, but oh. twenty-two to eleven. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. So that I ain't no fourteen well, to seven. Everything that everything that I've seen as far as Penn State goes, pitching's a problem. That's the biggest problem with them. It's getting pitching recruits. I mean, the Big Ten is struggled with. That's the one thing, like. Other sports defense is fantastic in the Big Ten, like yeah. basketball, football. As far as give up one hundred and two, uh, you can't recall being good as defense. As far as baseball, 
As far as baseball goes, Tyler. It's saying Kirk Ferentz is off. If you're talking goes, about out here, uh, not very good. It's because they can't I will pitch say in their though, garages, the, the man. Like, guy it, out of Iowa, yeah, you got to get the best pitcher in the Big Ten by far. It's still. Let's it's just still say the SEC is very blessed. Let's just say the SEC is very blessed with the weather that they get because a lot of these I, other conferences don't get the luxury that that. that well, you're in the basketball gym shooting free throws. We're playing baseball, and it was very evident in LSU's success on the diamond and lack of success on the hardwood. Hey, well, all I got to say on that weight is that uh, Kim Mulkey won the national championship in her second year. Uh, Jay Johnson's in his second year. Brian Kelly's in his second year. Mac McMahon's about to be in his second year. Talk about a comeback if he makes it to the Final Four. Wouldn't that be something? Uh, If he buys an entire new team that didn't come from the Ohio Valley. Clones John Moran and gets the starting Let's put the ball in the other court. Like, like, let's talk about the fact that... John Moran goes back to school to mature. How different sports are across the U.S. Like... I mean, in the yeah. South, baseball's baseball is big in the SEC, and you know it's huge. But if you gave an SEC like, if you gave an SEC school a stick and a puck, it would never happen. Are you like, there's Josh no the way. Seagulls? Like, there's there's is, different what, areas. What is that called? Hockey? Like, yeah. Well, the how thing do you play about, hockey? Thing about it is, is like we can't have ice there's outside. There's so many Big Ten teams that are really we good would melt to have ice outside. <laughs> But <laughs> we need to shut down the road. Watch, it's his first show back. We're giving, we're giving him so much crap. <laughs> He's just beating his head on the mic right now. You got no. I get what you're saying. It's the weather conditions are different. It is. That's it why is Big different. Ten schools are so good at golf because when they're not playing hockey, they're out there on the golf course shooting. Then why is the West Coast team always in the national championship? <laughs> The West have, Coast has the best of both worlds. Yeah, they get cold and warm. You can just it go just costs more money to go to school. <laughs> exactly. That's why you got Aunt Becky from Full House fudging SAT scores for her daughter and her husband spending two years in prison because she was she uh, she had to pay her way in. She wasn't smart enough to get in. So to the water polo team. Exactly. No, it was actually rowing, and the school didn't oh. even have a rowing team. That's where her lie got all messed up there. So. But Fudge, I understand your point. It's it's hard to be a Big Ten fan when it's not football season. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, basketball has shown it's 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 there. It's coming. Like it's it's on the brink. I mean, making it. You got Caitlin Clark next it, year. Always very good teams. Yeah, I don't basketball. care about Iowa. Like I like I'm like you guys. Like I I care about Penn State. Like I like He's I'm not going to show LSU love guy. to. You know, I'm not going to show love to Michigan and Iowa. Yeah, screw Michigan. Michigan State and like, Jim Harbaugh going to, keep like, his khakis on. You guys, you guys don't show love to Alabama, Ole Miss, Auburn. Like, there's exactly. Like, so there's. At least you're not a Big Ten junkie. You just I don't know how you listen to SEC talk. That's we give people love. Big Ten junkie. Like my. <laughs> My my thing is is like there are He's so many people in the South that are SEC fans. And He's it a makes big me junkie. so it makes me so mad when all I see is all these people that are SEC fans and it pisses Beating me off. Yeah, we are guilty of that. There is no such thing. There is no such thing 
We are SEC, SEC bias. It's a far culture. I don't know, I'm Jacob. Sorry. I cannot do You it. can have a pretty good I year if you're just an SEC fan. Yeah, you can fun. pick Alabama like, for football. Could you football. imagine somebody being just a Big Ten fan? Could you imagine how brutal your It'd life be would be if you were just a Big Ten fan? <laughs> like, it would be the worst thing of all time. They don't exist. They throw you them would... all in Lake Michigan and get rid of them. You just have to pick and choose. Right, but... Pick and you choose. Need, like, a middle you, in between. you have to put oh, all like your eggs in Iowa's basket for, for baseball. No, oh, he's going to be an LSU. He's an LSU. That's when you go down fan. south like all the snowbirds. Yeah. But <laughs> Futch is an LSU baseball fan. If he's not, he will be after Thursday. So we give him. I've, uh, I've been to plenty of LSU pass. baseball games. Sir. But you haven't seen Paul Skeens. This is not my man. first game. Like, oh my this, God. Paul Skeens is insane. He's he's the second he's like coming, the ben second coming of Christ. <laughs> Why don't you bring Kentucky into the Big Ten for baseball so they have a fighting hey, chance to win? Hey, they're in the SEC. It's not they're doing bad either. They would be the only team that would they're have a pullover. Okay, let's uh let's get back on track Think here. Think about guys. if Kentucky was in the Big Ten, they wouldn't be ranked and they would be getting beat by thirty. They'd be under no, they would still recruit. The Big Ten they would be baseball. number one. Recruit who? Nobody's gonna go to the Big Ten. Well, look. If hey, you UCLA and USC LSU will make that a baseball conference at least. Okay. Think about it. Think about That's it. True. Think about it. If Kentucky was in the Big Ten, they're not getting the recruiting that they currently have. Therefore, they got Will they Levis. That's good like enough, right? You know, he's a top five draft prospect and everything. Yeah, Will Levis sucks. <laughs> He's, he's going to be the biggest bust in draft history, but we'll talk about that once we get to our draft show. I got to hit oh, the Zad read. If you want to come watch the, the baseball games like we are, and you want to get a huge discount, or pretty good discount, you got to head to SeatGeek. Thank you, Ryan, from No Credentials Required for that wonderful ad read. Like I said, we use Geek. We got tickets to the LSU game, and we're excited. <laughs> we killed Futch with the Big Ten talk. You know what, Futch? I'm going to revive you here. You know what week it is? It's Masters. Uh, it's the week I get Easter to week. listen to Jim Nance get really close to the microphone. Um, and express his love for like this. Uh, the Masters. <laughs> you better not have he's, no hatred for Jim Nance like you do six Gus left. Johnson. Left, left to right breaker. Is Jim Nance, is Jim Nance married? No. I don't know, but that, <laughs> that was his last God, Final Four he called. Right? Did he's that's the Final Four right yeah. now. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's his, his last Masters two last coming Final up. Four. He, he's done after this. You buffoons yeah, arguing over whether Kentucky baseball is any good. He's retiring. Up from watching. He's I know. Reti- then I'm not watching sports ever again. I can't do it. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's get into the Masters. Okay. If you don't know the Masters, um, get out from under the rock that you're living under because it's only the biggest thing in my golf history. I didn't care about the Masters I mean, like 10 years one ago. One could argue it's one of the biggest events. <laughs> no, I did. I still watched it. I wasn't even a golf fan. 
I watched Tiger win, uh, not in 2019. Oh, he was a Tiger fan. I, I just remember my first memory of the Masters. Oh, he's when, one of them. Here we go. In 2019, before 2019, when was the last time Tiger was a very long Masters? time ago? Like 2004? 2008? 2008. That's that's the first memory I have of the Masters. I was 10 years old. I mean, I don't remember anything before I, I was 10 years like old. I think it was 2008. Maybe it was, was it 07? Let's see. Tiger Woods Masters winnings. Uh, oh, he's made ten million dollars winning the Masters. That's not. We already know he made a lot of four. money. Should, uh, we don't need to know. Probably uh, Come on, Google, you you let me down. I'm trying to host a podcast here. Uh, when has he won? Uh, two thousand five. So yeah, I mean, Katrina mm. was about to hit, and we didn't know. Oh, and we didn't all we had was to watch Tiger. <laughs> like that, that just like. Yeah, that not I don't even know why at the same that. time of year. That like, was the, April. My first, that's my first August. And I remember what a flop! Like what <laughs> a flop that was! Wow, <laughs> was trying to bring brutal. trying to bring politics into this. <laughs> but oh, I remember watching it with my dad and my neighbor. It's it's the Masters is a family experience, and the final round will be on Easter Sunday this year. You're with your family. You're hunting for Easter egg hunts. Players are hunting for birdies on the in content, uh, contention. We had Scotty win it last year after four putting on 18. Um, he's my pick to repeat this year. I've already put money on him. I think with the way Scotty Shuffler has been playing, he's plus plus 650 to win again. I think Scotty is is my pick to win it. Uh, second is Rory at plus 750. Those are your two top. And then John Rahm, I think, was plus 800, if I remember correctly. Um, Rahm's game lately has been a little shaky. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of them, uh, you know, since the uh, he withdrew from the Players' Championship. That was the last time we saw him. He had an illness. Uh, he did not play good at the Arnold Palmer. So we'll see how he how he rebounds from this. Uh, where meanwhile, Scotty is just doing what Scotty did last year. It, I mean, he's world number one. Pretty much, there's no contention for it. Um, I'm picking Scotty to win. Futch, what are your thoughts? Who you're the golf coach? Who who are you picking to win the Masters this year? Um, well, I tell you, it's probably going to be a first time winner this year. I think that it's setting up for somebody who's never won to win it uh, okay. this year. Uh, it's been a long time since somebody's won back to back Masters, um, so I don't think that's going to happen. So, therefore, I'm going to pick a guy who won Rookie of the Year on the PGA Tour previously. Um, and definitely, I think, is a dark horse. Had a really good showing in the WGC. Uh, was fantastic. Played well. Um, and I'm going to go with Cameron Young. I think Cameron Young is an absolute dart when he's on and can be a really big problem. Shows up in majors big time. So I think he this does. is definitely a thing where he can get dialed in and go after it. Um, putting has really improved for him. T to green. He's been he hits the ball a mile too. Yeah, he I mean. does. He crushes the ball, and he's not a big guy. Uh, he's he's very much one of those average guys that goes. He's out one of there. us. Yeah, he's and one of I us. Just, he's, yeah. he's no you. He's he's me and Tyler. No. He's no oh. giant like you and oh. you and Jacob. He's me and Tyler. Are you saying? Are you calling yourself small? We're short kings, bro. We're not even oh. six foot. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, I think almost. Uh, I think he has a really I good chance. My hair. I just think um, that's a sneaky good pick. What uh, are yeah, three, three thousand on the dot? 
Um, three thousand plus three thousand plus three thousand. Cameron, I just Young, think you're I mean, gonna have somebody who's never been there that's gonna do it, and it's happened time and time again. Very few times do we see some like a big name person win it. That is like, the Masters. Scotty, like Scotty. Okay, Scotty won a lot of tournaments, but it wasn't like Scotty had ever really played on that stage before. I mean, there really hasn't been an opportunity for him to play like that. And that's kind of where that's kind of what puts Scotty on the map, I think. Like if most yep. people think of it, I think that's what people think of. They don't think about the little tournaments that he won. Um <laughs> little tournaments, I say that it's like three million dollar purse he's taking home. Yeah. But uh no, I, I think it um it's time for somebody else. I just think like in it, it, it for me it goes I think way beyond the golf course type thing where it's almost like I think in a brands and things where it it gets really blown out of proportion like I go into like the the whole like well Scotty was a tailor-made guy you've had quite a few tailor-made guys win it uh the last titleist guy you had win was Jordan Spieth they're yeah. kind of coming back up on the map and Cameron Young's one of those I I just think there's kind of a, a a give and a take with with golf and the PGA Tour. In like this is a year where people really could say, "Is somebody from Live gonna win it?" In like all the well, controversy that's what I was, behind it. You know? What I was gonna bring up, you've got Brooks Kepka, two time major winner on the tour. Um, it really slowed down with his game, but he just won at Live last week. Uh. He he won he won the U.S. Open back to back. Is that what the the majors he won? Yeah, yeah. So I'm not saying Brooks Kepka is going to win, but you got to think no, Cameron Smith was the number three ranked golfer in the world when he left the PGA Tour. I mean, I would think he still has it. I mean, yeah, they're playing lesser golf courses, lesser fields, but he Cam Smith, he's probably still out there grinding. I mean, DJ won a few years ago, just absolutely boat raced the field, shot like 25 under, something ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it was in the fall. Conditions were softer. But that's another headline. You got PGA versus Live. I mean, people think there's going to be a fist fight at the Champions Dinner between like uh, Freddie Couples and uh, Phil Mickelson are just trading blows in the media. You don't think somebody's going to uh, have some little backhanded comment like, Hey, Phil, can you pass the potatoes? Yeah, just like you pass all that Saudi money over. What'd you say? Throws the <laughs> potatoes over? Like, yeah, I mean, there might be a little bit of Please a do. shove. Somebody might – Freddie Couples has got that type of personality. He's got a little – he might say something. Uh, I mean, him and Sergio were going back at it. Uh, and he might say something, you know, a little antagonist – or what's the word? What word am I looking for? Antagonist. Yes, thank you. Um, you know, they might take it the wrong way. And I'd be like, what'd you say? And then you got Gary Player finally wanting to take out Jack Nicholas, might stab him with a butter knife. I mean, those two hate each other. Uh, who knows? He might see that as his chance to just to end the feud. So I'm curious to see if anything happens Wednesday night. Probably won't, but everybody, you like to talk it up. I tell you what, I think this is where the difference is. And this is why somebody from Live won't win. Think about it. The PGA Tour is practicing in Gulfport, Mississippi. Think about it. The PGA Tour consistently plays 72 hole rounds of golf for tournaments. Liv is not playing 72 holes of golf. That's They're true. playing 54 holes. They're playing three days. So 
I get these athletes are in the shape of their life and everything, but when was the last time that any guy from Live put pants on? Uh, when was the last time <laughs> anybody from Live put, played four rounds of golf? And they're in the tip-top shape, but if you, like, golf is a rhythm thing. If you get guys off of their rhythm and off of their, like, cycle of what they do, then things can get a little crazy. So you could have oh, somebody in contention in the second day, but they might fall off because, let's face it, Augusta National is a long walk. We've seen what it does to Tiger when he was, you know, kind of coming back from his injury. He could barely walk it. Um, so I think, you know, it's a tough test just physically for the guys from Live, I think, too. I think uh, you could see a Live guy there on Saturday in contention. You could see a Brooks or a Cam Smith. and then But Brooks hasn't played well off. with the Masters ever. I know, but as he's hot, None of them will make the cut. About I, <clears throat> no. None of them. That's situation where it's like big hitters, statistically speaking, big hitters don't win the Masters. Like short game guys and finesse guys win the match. Well, the greens like, are happens. so yeah. You gotta you gotta paint flag sticks. Tyler out here with a bowl take. We can go back to their Fortnite the events. They ain't winning nothing. That, no, that's a little like Fortnite <laughs> events. <laughs> okay, all right, Tyler, no cut. Oh man, Wade's out he's here thinking American Dustin Johnson win. maybe. Uh, I don't think he's gonna win it. I just think that he's gonna be the guy from Lib that stands out. Could be in it. Um, he's been there, done that. And I think that the experience is there. But I do like Jacob's point. I mean, there is that's probably the most pressure anybody feels during uh, the quote-unquote golf this season, if you will. I know there's two leagues now. Um, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like not playing the fourth quarter of a football game. You know, it. it there's a lot of pressure on them that day to make every single shot. And I think that there could be a little bit of an endurance uh, thing and, and just kind of a gut feeling thing. Um, I'm going to go with a new winner um, to your logic. I'm going to go with Tony Finau to win it. And then my dark horse, I don't know why again, but he's always my dark horse pick, Sanjay M. That's Wade's Sanjay golf. Sanjay uh, Hill, baby. I mean, why Wade not? Loves him always, so always in the top 15. So I, I think that he's going to be around – and, uh, you know, he'll be relevant. I don't know if he'll win it, but we'll see. <laughs> no, I like I like the Tony Finau pick a lot. Uh, Tony's irons have been out of this world. Uh, I, I read – let me find the stat that I read. Uh, I think there was a stat. Um, he's finished top 25 or better in his 10 consecutive starts since last fall. Three top 10 – uh, finishes and his five masters uh, appearances so he knows the course and he's definitely a a sleeper pick you could say i mean everybody kind of forgets about him he's just silent he does his thing he's always got the nike hat dressed like green for the masters he's got the fresh kicks his family's awesome i can see tony Fina out uh putting that green jacket on at the end of the day all right pick Tyler, the win pick I'm glad that this chemistry is already building between Jacob and I because I also have Cameron Young taking home the Masters and putting on the green jacket. I know it doesn't happen often that Jacob and I agree on the show, but it's going to happen this week as Cameron Young is finally going to break through. And my about that? World long team. shot is he's going to continue the LSU momentum. Sam Burns, he is 3,500. 
Coming off of a match play victor, I know it was two weeks ago he took off of the Valero Texas Open, but Sam Burns, watch out. The Tigers are rolling. He's going to roll too. You know you know why what? Sam Burns took off this week? To go. Well, watch. he said he wanted to rest for the Masters. Oh, uh, there first you go. weekend See? of turkey season down in Shreveport, uh, Louisiana. So not he, only is he, he had to get his turkey hunting He's going to be hunting flags around. this weekend. He's going to be pin hunting. <laughs> Hunting flags, I like it. Yeah, <laughs> Sam Burns. I thought about too because I listened to an interview uh, from a four play podcast that uh, you know he he started off the season hot and then he missed two cuts back to back. It was because they they tested his driver on the range and deemed it unacceptable, so he didn't he had to just use some random driver out of the Callaway truck. Um, so now it's back to the specs he wants. It's feeling right. Yeah, I mean, they built it exactly how he wanted it. Like, you know <laughs> like, I mean. He built it the spec. Um, it, yeah, he, I, it's back to how he wants it, and he's feeling confident again with it. I didn't even give my my dark horse pick. I Who's your dark horse? My, like, my yeah, I think Cameron Young is dark horse. But... It, well, yeah, he's my pick to win, but I think I have even more of a long shot. His odds currently are um, 8,000 plus 8,000 odds to win. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go yeah, with Sam like Thagala. I think I like uh, it, Mr. Thagala. All right. actually, I think he can be in contention. He's been in contention in majors, which is really mm-hmm. strange with the limited amount of time he's played on tour. Uh, but he's one of those guys where he just stays within himself. Like he is so in his own game, uh, doesn't let other people bother him. Like I don't even know if he speaks. To be honest with you, like I don't even think I've even seen the guy. Open I've only his mouth seen him talk when time. watching the it might full be swing. So. <laughs> Outside of that, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, but he's just one of those guys. I think that'll just smart guy, uh, really smart. Be guy. in the zone, kind of locked in. He reminds me of the young tiger, like locked in his game type thing, where it's like nobody can get in his way. Um, so I think he's honestly my dark horse pick outside I like of uh, Cameron Young winning. So I said my pick was Scotty Scheffler. That's who I'm, I'm rolling with for the repeat. Um, another pick that's not really a dark horse, but it's a medium horse um, would be Max Homa. I know he hasn't played good in majors, but he's been hot this year. Um, I've got a little bit of skin in the game with Max Homa. My dark horse. Uh, I don't know his odds because I'm locked out of my DraftKings account. Um, <laughs> That's one other story. <laughs> yes, uh, but it's getting worked on. I've messaged the guy; they're fixing it. Uh, Terrell Hatton or Terrell Hatton. I don't know the correct yeah, pronunciation there. He's an absolute psychopath on the golf course. He's talking to himself. He's cussing himself out. He's wants to kill his ball every time he hits it. He's chipping on the green at Genesis to get over a bunker. He's, but he's been playing sneaky good. Played really good in the Players Championship. Had an amazing back nine. Um, he's played. Uh, I mean, he finished fourth at Bay Hill, second at the Players. Great ball striking. He's played Augusta six times. Um, top ten in both strokes gained and off the tee and around the green. So his chipping's been really good, which is what you need at Augusta National. Uh, I could see. Uh, Terrell Hatton making a making a push on Sunday. So those are our picks, and I've got a. So we, well, I guess we'll give a we'll go around the room one more time. We got Scotty, uh, Cameron Young between the two guys that never agree, and Tony Finau from Wade. Uh, and then the, the long shots: Terrell Hatton, Sahith Bagala, 
Wade, I don't uh Sung JM and Tyler, I don't remember yours. Sam Burns, the LSU guy himself. Maybe we'll see him in Baton Rouge uh two weeks after the uh, the week after the Masters. Uh, I've got a I've I'm trying to come up with a name for it. I'll come up we'll workshop a name for Twitter for the parlay I'm gonna put out. Okay. Um I have scoured the internet trying to find the best odds for a top 10, a top 20, and a top 30. And this is what I've come down with. I've got the, we'll call it like Jets Chansey picks or something. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll workshop that. Yeah, um, I don't know about that one. <laughs> we've got uh, to finish top 10 in the parlay, uh, Mr. Jordan Spieth. He's been hot. He always plays good on Easter. Some people think he's going to win it. I think he's got a he's got a top. You can't 10 keep relying on people's match. legs to save him. Okay. Exactly. So that's what I I think. It's I, I really didn't understand that. What explain that? Yeah, a dude come on. Off the knee, off the knee at the. Uh, oh, the me, like uh, okay. Sorry, saved him like the cut. Well, uh, I don't know. I feel good about Jordan Spieth top ten. I think he, I, I think he's got it in him. I I love Jordan Spieth and everything, but I think for me he gets too in his own like mechanics. Just like for him, yeah, like, swing the club. Pre-shot, yeah, pre-shot routine's a little funky. Yeah, I just I just I'm just like swing the club. He just thinks too much. He talks to himself a ton, uh, and I just think like it's more of a head game for Michael Greller than it is for him. Like uh, <laughs> I I have more like respect for Greller than him uh, yeah. having to deal with it for four days in a row. It just, it's a lot to handle. And I just yeah, think he's making a lot like, of money. the meltdown will be in his mind. I'll, I'll carry Jordan Spieth's bag and let him just tear me, like scream at me on the course. I don't care. Just put, just, it, yeah. just in one ear out the other. Um, I just, so yeah. I just want to wear the old caddy bib there, you know, the yeah, whole, that'd be pretty cool. The giddy up. That'd be wild. But, We'll get you one for the whack and you can carry our bags. Dude, yes. Uh, okay, so parlay. Finish top 10. I've got Jordan Spieth is who I'm rolling with. Uh, like I said, he's been hot, and I feel good about a top 10 finish. Finish top 20, Max Homa. Like I, earlier in the show, I said historically, not great in the, in the majors, but he's been playing good. Uh, he's got great iron striking uh, he's gonna be he's gonna be out there pin seeking. Tyler doesn't us. like it because he ruined our parlay a few weeks ago. But Max Homa top twenty, and then to round it out, top thirty, Siwoo Kim. And the reason I'm picking Siwoo Kim is because he's been at the Masters six times. Um, he finished uh, T12 two years ago. I think he missed a cut last year, so not a great stat. Uh, but this year, he's missed one cut in 12 starts, and he's been playing good. He's 22nd in stroke gains overall on the tour this year. So I'm going with Siwoo Kim to round out a top 30. And, folks, that puts you at a plus 1,007 over on our DraftKings. So use code BELLYUPSPORTS uh, or BELLYUP150. I'm sorry. It gives you an odd boost of plus one to fifty, so maybe bump that sucker up to plus eleven fifty. We'll put the link in our show. Uh, but that's George Speed top ten, Siwoo, uh, Max Holma top twenty, Siwoo Kim top thirty. That's my Chet's chancy picks for the week. 
Well, again, we'll workshop that. I night. have another interesting. Uh, I have another interesting pick. Like, I think it's a guy that a lot of people are overlooking. Um, for me, it's Corey Connors. Corey Connors just is like one. the smoothest guys as far as swings go. Like, he's just, and he's one of those guys that he always ends up playing from behind, and nobody sees him coming up type thing. I think he's a really good pick for a top ten or a top twenty. He'll be there on Sunday. Uh, he yep. will make the cut. I can't remember the last time he missed a cut, but it was a long time ago. Uh, he just competes, and and I think he's a really good guy to plug in there. I'm worried about Max Homa. Um, you know, this is the time when the stats come out, and it's like, yeah, majors are not so great. He's there on Thursday and Friday. He makes the cut, and then we get to Saturday and Sunday, and it's like Max Homa is still back at his hotel room and not not where uh the golf i, don't know, I think he's got a different I, perspective he's he's got a kid now the kid's gonna will him the victory or at least the top 20 for the, my hope. Gonna, like the kid's gonna have some magical power thank you will make yes i think so i think so so anything else to round out our mouth like you're rubbing or- you're rubbing the kid's head like the kid has no hair on his head. You're just rubbing it like it's the... His wife's on the, on the side behind the ropes, rubbing the head as he goes to hit a putt. Rubbing the head. So, any other Master Stocks to round it out before we hit NASCAR new on the TMZ segment of the week? How many Going people once? are going to put it in the water on 12? Uh, over, under, eight. Over, under. Yeah, eight. Oh, over. Yeah, over. Oh, yeah. be like Big one time. Wade. Over, under, eight to put uh, it in the water on under, uh, I'm okay, going over. There'll be at least under? like one guy who like struggles to get over the water and has to like hit it like three times in one shot, <laughs> like Speed did it a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm going over. Eighty-eight too. people playing. I mean, we gotta like, have some parity. Tiger scored a ten like two years ago on that hole. Oh, uh, yeah, over under eight. That's that's what I'm putting that. So, uh, I got a NASCAR Neil update before I read it though. I gotta let you know who NASCAR Neil is brought you by. He's brought you by our good friends over at Fanatics. You had use our link fanatics.93n6tx.net/slash sports scramble. You missed your plug. Like you had an opportunity to plug it while we were talking about already. I know, I know, but you can get you some uh, some masters. You probably can't get master stuff there, but you get you some PJ Tour stuff. Um, you got the March Madness you can't tonight. Can you get Masters gear at Fanatics? No. I believe so. No. No, there's like no like Masters gear so anywhere unless yeah, you're going to pay green like a shirt and a with leg. Yellow letters and green Yeah. Uh, but you can get all your college gear, all your, your MLB starting off, everybody. You can head on over to Fanatics, use our link. That's fanatics.93nc or 6tx.net. It's going to be in our show notes. Slash sports scramble for your team gear. Help the show out, help yourself out. Look good, play good, like they said in Mahler Bros. So, NASCAR Neil. Uh, we missed him last week. He was a little busy. But here's the NASCAR Neil update. you got Kyle Larson gets the win at Richmond today, a race dominated by the Toyotas and Truix. A late race caution with 30 or so to get resulted in Truix. Or... <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I think to get reset at Truix and having to put on a set of six-lap scuffs from an earlier stop in a race where tire health was the night and day difference. Truex ended up 11th. Josh Berry, who is still filling in for Chase Elliott in the nine car, finishes second, which is incredible for a fill-in driver. He's known for his short track proudness and had a third-place finish yesterday 
in the Xfinity series that he runs in normally. So Kyle Larson got the win, and you got uh, Josh Berry working his way into the, maybe the starting role over Chase Elliott. Who seats? Probably not, but uh, that's someone to keep in mind. TMZ segment to end the show. Um, MLB starting up. Love is in the air. Uh, Wade just got married. Uh, one unfortunate fan was also trying to get married. I say unfortunate <laughs> because the way his proposal ended was not great for him. He probably needs to go to a chiropractor now. Uh, Dodgers fan hops over the wall and uh, runs out to the middle center field. Oh, he's streaking. Get up, get him. No, he's trying to propose to his girlfriend. Drops to a knee, puts the ring out, says, will you marry? Boom, he gets ran over like a Mack truck by the security guard. Put him on an NFL roster. I mean, that was a form tackle. Might have been targeting. Still need to review the tape. But the man gets like full on arrested. They got six security guards on him, handcuffing him. I want to know, did she say yes? And did they find the ring? Because there's no way that ring stayed in that ring box. I mean, that's probably <laughs> sitting in Dodgers center field somewhere. It's so memorable. When he got there, yeah. you could actually see it. Like, when when he got hit, you could actually see it pop like pop out. It oh, like no. pops out like on the screen to the left. Um, but no, I think yes, yeah, she did say yes, and I think they found it. Yeah, it was like sitting. Okay, Mookie Betts found it. No, the, I you see it fly out. I was like, holy crap! And then the one player who was playing, he wasn't in center. It was more left field. So who was playing yeah, like a left, left field for the Dodgers? I don't know. Because he like turned around and was like, no, don't hit him. And the security guards just full on coming in for the spear. And I was just he like, He trained oh my for God. that. That was his moment in life to lace. It was also their out. opening day. Yeah. One shining moment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was ready. He was amped up. He had the energy. Um, but poor guys banned from, I think, every MLB stadium and maybe minor league stadium. I'm not clear on the rules on that. So if you know the rules on that, let us know. Uh, but yeah, that's a TMZ segment of the week. Poor fella. He's probably in the hospital whiplash or something can you sue so, the stadium for that no because like mm, i mean he went on the maybe well i think you can you sue violated for the rights so like you could I guess he technically trespassed on the fact that, i mean if he like asked permission well, like, like hey can i go okay, on the so field and do a marriage proposal during the game that's another thing but that's exactly not what he did he just like <laughs> like oh, i'm just gonna go walk on the field and like, you know not get, stop i mean that was gonna the, happen as the security guard was just doing his job it was just a timing of it poor as, well uh, eh, okay eh, there's a problem there i agree with the league in the sense that you know, you have rules and fans can't be on the field unless authorized to be on the field. I get that. As a security guard, though, you need to know the rights and wrongs. He's not a streaker. Yeah. He's not running he, he from He shouldn't them. have no gotten absolutely. Or anything else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go up. He shouldn't have gotten around. demolished. Like, pick him up. He wasn't going to run. He's proposing. Like, what is he going to do? Freaking run across the field holding the ring still? Like, like, (laughs) on one knee. He's not not going anywhere. He clearly didn't see the guy coming. Just go up there. That's why I say it's targeting. I mean, that's defenseless receiver. Yeah. Like, that's where the Leafs could have problems. Like, if they did decide to sue them, like, that's where the league, I think, has problems. It's not the league issue. Like the league literally has nothing to do with it. It's the security team because obviously they're probably a third party, um, yeah. if I had to guess. But that 
that wasn't handled properly from the security standpoint the league did their job i mean you know anybody who violates getting on the field during a game and everything like sure that's you know across the board that's the general consensus when something like that happens but the security uh could have issues i think in court you know yeah with that was spearing uh, read the room you know like you said he's not running probably let a proposal okay sir that's that's enough you're you know you can no longer come into the stadium uh but yeah so that sucks, but at least she said yes, and hopefully, they, like you said, they found the diamond ring. As someone who's been a part of a proposal and been a part of other people's proposals, that's just poor planning on that guy's part. Yeah, you say, hey, I want to propose to my girlfriend. They say, okay, well, let's do it in between innings. You know, nobody cares what happens in between the fourth and the fifth inning. Like, he, he can go propose then. So that's that's that I think it's all everybody involved. But yeah, he got was it absolutely annihilated. Maybe it was all staged. <laughs> was it in between innings? No, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, during, I thought like, it was like they were coming yeah. off of the field when it happened. Yeah. So, but that's uh, all I got. Uh, we appreciate y'all listening. Uh, as always, if you enjoyed the show, hit a hit a follow, hit a subscribe on YouTube, um, leave us a review. We appreciate all the reviews that you send in. And uh, thanks for listening. See y'all next week. Let's hope we get some Masters wins. Everybody's a little Richard. You can't see me. That's right, Tyler. Shout out Angel Reese. Uh, But yeah, have a good week, everybody.